Thank you for the privilege to be able to share with you. And uh, like I always say, if you see that I, I go quiet, uh, I just finished preaching in Spanish. So if I go quiet, it's not, you know, don't get worried. I just forgot Spanish and English. Uh, and talking about two languages, I don't know if you heard, there was a poodle, uh, a really cute female poodle, and there was a German shepherd and a chihuahua. And she says, listen, guys, I'm a, I have integrity. I'm only going to date one of you. So I'm going to give you the word liver, and I'm going to uh, give you the word cheese, and whoever can impress me with a sin with those words, I'll start dating you. So the German shepherd says, I'll go first. I hate liver, and I love cheese. She says, that's pretty good. So turn uh, to the chihuahua. He goes, what do you have to say? And here's what he told the German shepherd. Leave her alone. Cheese mine. <laughs> if you didn't get it, take it home as a homework. Uh, but it's a privilege to be able to speak uh, both languages because when we meet people in the street, people say, oh, no speaking English. I get to speak to them in Spanish. And when they think that I'm Hispanic, oh, I don't speak Spanish. I can speak to them in English. So that is what God has given us to still to glorify his name. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, because it's not only a worship song. It's reality that you will never let us down, Lord. And Lord, that's why we're here. That's why we're here to worship you. That's why we're here, Lord, to, to learn more uh, about you, Lord. Lord, just speak to us through your word, Lord. Thank you for the privilege that you give us to, to, to worship you, Lord, in spirit and truth. Lord, thank you for our pastor, Evan, Lord. Bless him. Continue giving him strength and wisdom. And thank you because he's been obedient to your call, Lord. Lord, and we're just here for one reason, Lord, and it's to glorify your name, Lord. Help us to leave this place better than what we came in. We love you, we thank you, and we ask you this in your precious name. Amen. If I mention some names to you, like Osama bin Laden, if I mention to you Fidel Castro, if I mention to you Hitler, if I mention to you Billy Graham, if I mention a name like Mother Teresa, Peter, Paul, what's the first thing that came to your mind? What was the first thing that came to your mind when I said Osama bin Laden? 9-11? A terrorist? He's dead. What was the first thing that came to your mind when I said Fidel Castro? And please, if you're Cuban, don't say anything out loud. <laughs> a man that's caused so much pain for, for Cubans. And he is also dead now. What was the first thing that uh, came to your mind when I mentioned the, the name Hitler? A man that, that killed so many millions of, of Jews. What was the first thing that came to your mind when I said Billy Graham? A man that was faithful to his calling, faithful to God, faithful to his word, preached to millions of people. What was the first thing that came to your mind when I mentioned Mother Teresa? A woman that lived to serve others. What was the first thing that came to your mind when I said the word Peter? A man that, that told Jesus, listen, if I have to die for you, we we're going to die for you. A few hours later, they said, aren't you one of his disciples? He goes, get away. I don't even know this man. But then we see him in the books of Acts preach and 3,000 and 5,000 people come to get to know the Lord. What was the first thing that came to your mind when I mentioned the name Paul? A man that, that, that used to persecute the church. A man that, that killed Christian to becoming the best church planner in the history of, our, uh, of the Bible. So the question for us today, how do you know these people? None of us have met Osama bin Laden or, or Hitler in person. The only way that you guys were doing this every time I mention the name is because you know of their reputation. That's why we know them, because of the reputation. 
But let me ask you a question this morning. What's our reputation? You see, because every time we go into a family me- a meeting, a family event, every time we go to Walmart, every time we go to Kroger, every time we walk in, our reputation, people talk about us. Oh, here comes a guy that's always complaining. Oh, here comes a guy who's always doing a joke. Oh, here comes a man of God. You see, every time we walk into a family event, they'll say, here comes a woman of prayer. What's our reputation? Because we all have one. I don't know how many of you remember the Smurfs, and I know they did another, uh, uh, another movie, but if you're doing this, I already know your age, because I grew up with the Smurfs. You remember one of the Smurfs, he was always complaining? When it was cold, oh, I hate winter. When it was hot, oh, I hate uh, summer. One year, they celebrated his birthday, and he got so mad. Oh, I hate when they celebrate my birthday. I get embarrassed. The following year, they didn't celebrate his birthday. Do you remember what happened? He got so mad. I can't believe they didn't celebrate my birthday. You know, nobody loves me. Do you know people that are always complaining? We, I, I grew up, and there was a, a very good family, uh, friends of my parents, and we would go out with dinner with them when we were young, almost like every Friday or every Sunday. So when my dad would say, hey, Darius, and my sister, hey, get ready. We're going out to eat with this family. I used to run to my sister's room, and I used to say, what is the first thing that she's going to complain about? She used to complain every single time, either about the bread or the soup was too hot, too cold, too much salt, the food was bad, always complaining. Let me ask you a question. What's our reputation? Because we all have a reputation. Every time we walk into a Walmart, either people put a smile on or say, oh, what is he going to complain about? (laughs) Do we give them a track? Do we tell them that Jesus loves them? What is our reputation with our wives? What's our reputation with our kids? What is our reputation at work with our neighbors? What is our reputation? You see, because I know that we all have one. You, know, you want to know how I know how, how we all have a reputation? When I was pastoring in Miami, when I used to go do funerals, I used to get there early. And a lot of the people didn't know I was a pastor. Uh, people didn't know that I was going to do the, the funeral service. I used to love to walk among the people because everybody was talking. Who were they talking about? The dead guy. And I wanted to hear what was the reputation. And boy, sometimes we heard great things. Wow, what a great man of God. What a great woman of prayer, a woman of God, a great husband, a great... I've heard really good stuff. I heard some bad stuff. He wasn't a good husband. He wasn't a good father. She wasn't a good mother. I once heard something that said, thank God that he died because now his wife gets to rest. Because we all have a reputation. But I just want to share with you today from God's word four things that I pray that people will know us for. And I invite you to open your Bible in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to be looking verse 3 through 6. And what I love about this, uh, Paul had never visited this church. He had never visited this church. But he had heard about their reputation. And there's four things here that I pray that people might know us for. These are our reputation should be based on four elements. Listen what verse 3 and part of verse 4 says. Colossians chapter 1 verse 3 and part of verse 4. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Wow. Can you imagine that? You see, Paul sends this letter, and he goes, you know what? I've never been in that church, but I have heard about your faith in Christ Jesus. Please understand that we need to understand and to really live that Jesus needs to be our foundation. 
People need to know us for our faith in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine every day if I walk into my house and my wife says, here comes my husband, a man that has put his faith in Christ Jesus? Can you imagine tomorrow when we walk into work, when we go to Walmart, where we go to Publix, where we go wherever, that people says, here comes that man, here comes that woman, and people will know us for our faith in Christ Jesus Please understand that our faith has to be in, in Christ Jesus. Listen, it's not in the president. It's not in the economy. It's not in horoscope. It's not in the terrorists, if we get attacked or not. It has to be put in Christ Jesus. That's why I love the Bible. Because listen to it again. Since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. It doesn't stop us saying, well, we've heard about your faith. Because a lot of people says, oh, I have faith that this is going to go better. I have faith. No, that, that's not what the Bible says. A few years ago, ministering with the Florida Baptist Convention, they sent me to Nevada to, to, uh, to teach conferences to all the Hispanic churches in Las Vegas and Reno. Boy, there's a lot of faith in Nevada. Where do they have their faith in? And winning the big one. I blew my mind that I walked into the bathroom, and I'm not kidding. There was a slot machine in there also. Because the people, but listen what the Bible says, that we need to be known for what? For our faith in Christ Jesus. You see, Fairburn is going to change when, we, when people start knowing us by our faith in Christ Jesus. Our family, our marriages, our kids are going to start changing when they get to know and see that our faith is in Christ Jesus. Yes, we work. Yes, there's politics. Yes, there's the economy. But it's time for this world to know us for our faith in Christ Jesus. That has to be our reputation. That wherever we walk in in the church event, church gathering, anywhere we go, people need to say, this man, this woman has their faith in Christ Jesus. And that's why I love because Paul said uh, very clearly, because I have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, I really don't care what my reputation is. I don't care what people have to say about me. Let me ask you a question. You think that Jesus would care? Without losing Colossians, because we're coming back really fast, come really quick with me to uh, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And here we see that Jesus goes into Philippi, and listen what he says in Matthew 16, uh, at the end of verse of 13. He was asking his disciple, who do people say that the Son of Man is? He wanted to know what was his reputation. He didn't want to be only known for somebody that walked on the waters. Oh, yeah, that Jesus, he multiplied the, the, the breads and the fishes. He didn't want to know, be known only by someone that, that resurrected Lazarus or, 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 or other people or did other miracles. He didn't want to be only known by someone that stopped the, the, the ocean, the, the wave and the storm. He asked his disciple, who are the people saying that, that, that I am? And I love that. Because we need to ask that question nowadays. And listen, verse 14. And they said, some say you're John the Baptist and others. Elijah, but still others. Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Don't miss that. Because it's time as a church, as Christians, as God's people, it's time for us to answer that question. Who do we say that Jesus is? Because according to the answer to that question, guess what? It's our reputation. Based on who do we say that Jesus is, it's going to be our reputation at home. It's going to be our reputation at work. It's going to be our reputation walking in, the, in, our, in our community. That's our reputation. Who do we say that Jesus is? Because a lot of people know Jesus in what I call the syndrome of the bandage. 
You know, we get a cut and we put a bandage. And then we check and we check. And once the, 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 the hurt, the, the scratch is healed, what do we do with the bandage? We throw it away. Do we know people that have come to church when their marriage was almost over? And they've come and God have made a miracle in their marriages? And that was the last time that you saw them in church? Because a lot of people say that Jesus is just for miracles. Church is just when I'm having trouble with my health, with my finances, and my marriage, with my kid. No, it's time for us to answer the question, who do we say that Jesus is? Because at the moment, I've been praying, oh Lord, we need a revival. Listen, church, I'm tired of reading books and revivals. I'm tired of saying, well, this happened, this happened. I said, Lord, let me see a revival during my time before either you come back or you take me into your presence. But we're not going to get into a revival, church, until we don't answer that question, who is Jesus for us? Because we're missing the point. And people says, well, he's this and he's that. And we know the rest of the story. He says, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood, he goes, didn't reveal it to you. You didn't go to a seminary. You didn't have to have a degree. The only way that you came up with this answer was my father, which is in heaven, that gave it to you. Listen, we got to know who Jesus is. And he goes, and based on this, you are a pebble. You're a little rock. But based on this humongous foundation on what you just said, I will build my church. And the gates of hell are not coming against it. And it's time for us as a church to start living there. It's time for us to people every time they drive by, by these uh, streets, they need to say that first Baptist, it's about their faith in Jesus Christ. Every time we're out there in the street, people need to know here he comes or here she comes and their faith is increases in Jesus Christ. He says that the gates of heaven, of hell, will not prevail against it. But if we, every time we drive around and we see four cell signs in front of churches, it just breaks my heart. Where is our faith in Christ Jesus? When we see the divorce rate, when we see what happens with kids, when we see what goes on in our community and the churches, we need to ask, what is our reputation? And my prayer is that people would know us for our faith in Christ Jesus Go back with Colossians. I told you there was four elements. And listen again to verse four. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. Oh, pastor, what do you mean for the love? Not only they were known for the love, uh, for the faith in, in Christ Jesus, but this church was known for the love for all the saints. I know what you're thinking. You go, oh, you don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't know my in-law. What do you mean love all the saints? You know what's interesting? Jesus not only said love your, 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 your saints, he took it to the next level. He says love your enemy. So if you love your, your brothers and sisters, that, that's good. But Jesus said take it to the next level. Listen, church, I know that there's some people. And don't raise your hand. Do you know people that are hard to love? Do you know people that don't want to be loved? Jesus says, I want you to be known for the love of all the saints and even for those that are your enemies. In 1997, I started ministering with the Florida Baptist Convention. I was pastoring in Miami and they, they invited me to come on board with the Florida Baptist Convention. They said, but you need to move to Tallahassee, Florida. So I got to Tallahassee. We rented a house. I went to pay my deposit for, for lights for the house. So the, the lady says, okay, who's your employer? And I was so proud. I said, Florida Baptist Convention. 
she just, ah, and she dropped a pen. And she said, you guys are the ones that hate Mickey Mouse. <laughs> you see, because a lot of times we are not known for loving. We're known for hating. And let me explain that. Uh, Disney World has always had Night of Joy. Night of Joy is in September, and they always, for many years, since I was really young, Fridays and Saturdays, they would close Disney World down, and all Casting Crowns and Hillsong and, and Michael W. Smith and all the Christian singers would go, and it would be all for churches and Christians. In 1997, Disney World says, well, if we give two days for the Christians, we have to give two days for the homosexuals. And the Baptist says, we're going to boycott you. And they went on and said, nobody go to Disney World, nobody buy movies, nobody said, I came on board during that time. And and, and in our contract, I said, listen, I'll I'll minister with Florida Baptist Convention, but I'm taking my kids to Disney World. Because if we really want to impact, it's not about hate. It's about then let us pastors, as Christians, let's go with a shirt during those two days and let them know if there's repentance, there's a new beginning for you. And it's time for us to be known for love. And we all know what the Bible says about homosexuality, and we already know all about that. But let us not forget that the Bible also says that neither are the liars not going to heaven. But what if we're known for love? What if we're really known for loving people, not their sins, but loving people? Listen, not because there is a say, not because a crazy Cuban is here preaching, but because of the word of God. Paul says, I love that I've heard about your faith in Christ Jesus and for the love that you have for all the saints. It's time for us to be known. It doesn't matter the language. It doesn't matter in what language we sing. It doesn't matter the color of our skin. It's still about Jesus loves us. This I know. And then there's going to be a revival. And then there's going to be healthy families. And then there's going to be healthy marriages. And then there's going to be healthy kids. But if they don't see the faith of love in in Jesus in our life, if they don't see the love for all the saints, then we're in big trouble. But now I understand that the word love in the Bible appears in three different ways. The, fir- the first one that it comes out is in uh, eros. Eros is the word for sensual love. And it's very good within a marriage. A sensual love eros within a marriage. But nowadays we see it outside marriage. Oh, I love you. Oh, you love me. Let's have intimate relationship. And when they're done, nah, I really don't love you. I love that other one. That's eros love. But also we know about phileo love, a brotherly love. And phileo comes, uh, we get the word Philadelphia, which is a brotherly. A few years ago for vacation, we went to Philadelphia. And I told my wife, I want to go see this, if there's really brotherly love there. Listen, I was still living in Miami. When we got to Philadelphia and we started going through all the history and all the beautiful places there in Philadelphia, people would say good morning. And I'm like, is he talking to me? We would get in elevators and people were talking to, oh, good morning. And, you know, I would have a, a University of Miami shirt on or something. Oh, you're from Miami. Oh, you're this. And, and I said, there is brotherly love here. And that's the other kind of love. And there's nothing wrong with that. I told the Hispanic this morning, I love them. I love them with all my heart. What God is doing among us is incredible. And that's brotherly love. But I don't love them enough to give my daughter in sacrifice. And I know they love me, but I know that they won't be willing to sacrifice none of their kids for me. But we had that brotherly love, that phileo love. But the other love that we know in the Bible is that agape, that unconditional love. 
And that's the one that Jesus expressed with us. That's the one that he wants us to, for us to know each other with that agape love. And I love because in the original uh, uh, wordings here, uh, in that verse, it says, and for all, uh, uh, and for the agape that you have for all the saints. I remember being a pastor and sometimes says, pastor, you know, John came by me and he didn't even say hi to me. I said, did you say hi to him? Because you don't know what's going on in John's life or in Hilda's life. You don't know if they just got bad news. And a lot of times in Miami, a lot of parents would come on Sunday morning and, and they were like stunned because their kids never came back from a party on Saturday night. So no, maybe John or Hilda didn't say hi to you because they didn't even see you go by because their mind and their heart were so heavy. But you see, if we love all the saints, we're going to hug people and we're going to say hi to people. Even if you have to say it twice, good morning, good morning. Maybe they don't want to not say good morning to us. Maybe their mind and their heart are somewhere else. Can you imagine if our reputation is be known for, for the faith in Jesus Christ, what starts happening in Fairburn? Can you imagine if, if people start knowing us for the love for all the saints? Not mattering the language or the skin color. It doesn't matter where we come from or where we're doing. People start knowing us for the love for all the saints. Let me ask you a question. What's our reputation? Because we all have one. And other people are talking about it. But I told you there was four elements. Listen to verse 5. Because of the hope laid up for you. In heaven, of which you previously heard in, in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as in all the world also, it is constantly bearing fruit. Can you imagine if people start knowing us for our hope? Can you imagine if people know us for our faith in Christ Jesus? Can you imagine if people know us for the love for all the saints? But I love it because in that verse it says, and for that hope laid up for you. Can you imagine if people, every time they call us for, you know, to complain about something, that we tell them, remember that our hope is in Jesus Christ and our hope is already laid up in heaven. But a lot of people, just all we do is complain. When somebody calls you to complain, tell them, but what do we do with our hope? You remember God's people, why they didn't go into the promised land? They didn't go to the promised land for one simple reason. God says, I am sick and tired of what? Of your complaining. And remember, the promised land was a blessing place. And I always ask myself, Lord, how many blessings have I missed for complaining? Which we should be focused in our hope. Even if we live here 95, 100 years old, we can't compare it with living with all eternity in heaven. That is our hope that it says that it's stored up. But here we worry what the doctor says, and here we worry about the economy, and here we're worrying about the terrorists, and here we're coming, and we've forgotten about that hope. So when somebody comes with, with conflict in their life, instead of us telling them, hey, put your hope in Jesus Christ, we join them. We join them in complaining. And we join them in this. Listen, I don't care what's going on in the United States. I'm not going back to Cuba. So let's stop complaining. And, and, and it's incredible because it's not about politics. You wouldn't believe, oh, you're Cuban. What do you think about politics? I just think that we need to do something about loving each other, have faith. I don't want to be known as a Republican. I don't want to be known as a Democrat. I want to be known as somebody that has his faith in Jesus Christ. I want to be known for somebody that loves all the saints. I want to be known for somebody that has his hope on that place that it's already, that place that says there's no more tears. 
And I have a, a, an incredible 27-year-old son. And I have an incredible 24-year-old daughter with Downs. And you wouldn't believe how many people come. He says, oh, I'm sure that you're praying that somehow the doctors can know how to separate those chromosomes. You know that's all, right? It's just two chromosomes stuck together. Oh, I'm sure that you're praying for a miracle. Listen, with my heart in my hand, I tell you, I have never in my life prayed a miracle for that. Because my hope is not in a miracle. My hope is not in doctors. My hope is that when we get to heaven, there is no more cancer. There is no more downs. There's no more tumors. There's no more tears. There's no more sickness. That is our hope. And that's why that gives us the passion. That gives us the authority to preach God's word and to worship and to live life at the maximum level. Because it's not about us, church. It's about our reputation. And we got a great hope that says it is stored up for us. Why we're, why we're stuck. I was telling the Hispanics nowadays, and it's not even in my notes. We understand that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. What incredible, because nowadays we don't want to go. We, we don't want to die. We take vitamins and we take this. And Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Has anybody seen Lazarus around? No, he died again. <laughs> you see, because our hope is not here. I hope it's stored up in heaven for us. And when we get that, our lives will change. When we get that, then our reputation changes. But I told you there was four things. And listen to verse Six, which has come to you, just as in all the world also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth. If you read that verse backward, since we've known the mercy, the grace of God in truth, we don't stop bearing fruit. So what's our reputation? You see, because God is not, God, Jesus never said, by the church that you go, I will know you. Jesus didn't say, by the country that you were born, I know you. He said, by your fruit, I will know you. What's our reputation? What is our reputation? Do they know us by, by the, the fruit of the Spirit? Do they know us by our love, our joy, our faith, our peace? What's our reputation? Because I love this. Paul says, listen, I've never, I've never been there. But I have heard about your reputation. Your faith in Christ Jesus. I've heard for the love for all the saints. I've, I've heard about your hope that is stored up in heaven. I've heard about your fruits. Here comes a tough question, church. What's our reputation? You might be sitting here and say, wow, there is. Well, that's, that's pretty hard to live up to. You see, do we know Stephen from the book of Acts? It said that he stood up and he says, my faith is in Jesus Christ. I believe that he is the Messiah. I believe that he is the maximum. Not only that he shared his faith in Christ Jesus, the hope, he said, listen, it's not only for the Jewish, it's for the Gentiles. And just when you thought that people are going to start applauding or doing the wave, they got him and they're going to stone him. And while they were getting him ready to be stoned, the Bible says that he raised his eyes and he says, Father, forgive them for what they're going to do. Loving the saints? This guy was loving the people that were about to kill him. His fruit? You want to hear his fruit? Read it up in your house. 
They said that they took the clothes of Stephen. That's why I love the Bible. Because it gives us detail. And you say, well, I don't care where they put the clothes of Stephen. They said that they got Stephen's clothes and they put it at the, at the feet of Saul. Do we know Saul? We know him as Paul? <laughs> I've always asked myself, how did the reputation of Stephen impacted Paul's life at that moment when they put those clothes at the feet of Paul and you'll see that this guy's reputation, his faith in Christ Jesus, his love for all the saints and even for those that were going to kill him. Imagine what Paul saw that in the sense that, that his hope was in Jesus, his fruit. Where are we? Where are we as a church? Where are we as a Christian? What is our reputation? See, because that story doesn't end there. He said that he looked up and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. You wouldn't believe how many fights throughout years theologists want to fight that. Well, the Bible says that Jesus ascended to heaven and he sat at the right hand of the Father. What do you mean that, uh, that Stephen saw him standing up? Listen, if the Bible says it, I believe it. I believe that, that Jesus did stand up. Jesus was standing up applauding the reputation of Stephen. And he was ready to just welcome him with open arms. What's our reputation? Because we saw this this week. Our reputation is going to impact their life forever. Look at the person sitting next to you, be it your husband, your wife, your neighbor. What's our reputation? Do they know us for the love in Jesus Christ? Our faith put in Jesus Christ? Do they know us for the love for all the saints? Do they know us for that hope stored up in heaven? Do they know us for all the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit? What's our reputation? We all have one. And it's either impacting people or we're serving as stumbling blocks for our family, for our kids, and for our community. How many more sermons do we need to hear? How many more worship songs do we need to, to praise God with? What if we just ask him today to change our reputation?